the Sounding Board podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Series 7, episode 25 of the Sounding Board. Damien Barrett, Craig Hutchison with you. And Hutchie, we'll start the conversation, as always, for Mosh, men's online health platform, making health easy. Hello, Damo. Nice to see you in person again. Great to be here today. And just off the top, uh, by the way, we're here for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to DrinkWise. Can I just clarify, you, last week, when I want to put this on you about your brother, that he oh, might be going to yeah. Peter Dutton's camp. You, you did put it on me, yep. And you... Either A, outright lied to me that you, that you didn't know what he was doing or hadn't heard, or B, didn't know. Either, both of those are unforgivable for me. <laughs> I'm not sure which of the two, as an ex-journalist, I'm, I'm more disgusted in. You're lying or you're not knowing. I, I didn't lie. I just didn't know it was uh, it was actually still in the. I don't speak to my brother anywhere near as much as you uh, – about work anyway, as much as stage. you think I do. If he's in the national political agenda, it might be worth at some stage picking the phone up and getting across it. Because so, so for those who didn't hear what you said last week, oh, what I was it that you your revealed? brother was moving into Peter Dutton's office as his right-hand man. You said that's news to me. No, I didn't say it's news to the me. The Australian newspaper, not 48 hours afterwards. <laughs> I've got the snippet here. I'm going to post it on I our... think it was because of what you said that they've actually written about it. It says, across the aisle, veteran politico Adrian <laughs> Barrett has joined opposition leader Peter Dutton's office as a press secretary after a career that includes stints with Tony Abbott, oh yes, Tony, <laughs> and as chief of staff to Andrew Hastie. Yep. So your brother... Is the right hand of the new warming subject of 2022, Peter Dutton. Good luck with He's warming him. He's the chief him. warmer. Good luck with warming the, him. He, your brother is the oven. He, he might be even less warmable than you, Hutchie, Peter Dutton. The oven, Adrian Barrett. Well, His well, job the, is to is to warm the subject. Although you've had the a microwave. Of, you've had a bit of success in in your own warming process, haven't you? I don't think so. I think you have, Hutchie. Now, I'm I'm amazed to me. You need to put that disclaimer on all your content from here that you were a Tony Abbott man and now you're a Peter Dutton man. Why? Because because my brother works for these people. (laughs) Your brother's embedded. He's he's he's, It says a press secretary, which implies there's more than one. Surely there's not more than one. I'd imagine there would be. Oh, how many many people need to answer the press calls? Well, how many many people has has Dan Andrews here got? He's, He's got... He's got dozens, doesn't he? Like, maybe hundreds in yep. some form of people who attempt to convey his messaging. They're pretty yeah. good. They're, his press sex are a pretty good cricket team in the media game, though. They've obviously bat pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot and of them. And, they, and they're like a, a really good a good club. They've got about a, a, a fifth and even a sometimes sixth eleven, I think. Control the narrative, as you yeah. say. That was Start the Conversation for Mosh, providing Aussie man with clinical treatment for hair loss, sexual health and more. It's all online. Now, just speaking of warming... Uh, now, I didn't. I wasn't aware of this, but you were um, on "Don't Shoot the Messenger" I was, with, with Corey yep, yeah. the other day. Yeah, yep. It's all part of the warming hutch, isn't not. it? It is. It's the second time you've been on that. Felt very out of my depth. <laughs> well, Corey's magnificent, as you know, and so is Caro, and they do a great podcast. If you haven't heard it, called "Don't Shoot the Messenger." We had a we had a swap arrangement where Caro would only, well, not would only, but suggested if she were to fill in for me on. Sounding board, which she did, and, and could, had a very good episode with with Carol. Proceeded to take me apart for the first twelve minutes of the show. You didn't like that, did you? No. I, I didn't think we did anything untoward there. I but you raised that. Out, I thought it was outrageous. Four or five times now, <laughs> and I think three or four times on air. <laughs> so I filled in, yeah. So there you go. So I did. Uh, 
Don't shoot last week. And you start, it was a couple of awkward, awkward moments, aren't couple you? Of awkward couple moments. of awkward I don't even think I want to have my own voice on some of those awkward <laughs> moments, but you got into a topic that um, was hard to get out of. Never ask a question and know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> and my favourite part of it too, Hutchie, was Corey <laughs> introducing you as Craig Hutchinson. I laughed. <laughs> now, I know I'm a child at times, and I know I've got a really yeah. silly sense of humour, but that that's funny to me. Yeah, it was a You're the, the media baron. <laughs> You're no, being no. introduced as no, it was just Hutchinson. A, a particular pronunciation. <laughs> no, hey, it there was an end in what she said, Hutchie. Hey, I'm not sure if you saw this story. In fact, you should have because I sent it to you, and I think about it on the WhatsApp. Yep. The power and peril of being Adam Shifter, the ultimate NFL insider. So this is a story that was written by Ben Strauss, who's a leading uh, journalist. And um, he, he spoke about Adam Schefter's life as an elite journalist. And I just, it rung a bit true to me. So I thought I'd just ask you a few questions because you love yeah. Schefter, $10 million a year. He's my favourite journalist outside of Nick McKenzie here in Australia. Yep. And, and, and Wodge? Woj? Yeah, you're big on Wodge or Woj, yep. whatever. I, I'm not. I, I don't follow the NBA as much as you do. So I don't, I don't really come across his work as, as often as you do. But, but Schefter, as they call him, or Schefter, he's, a, he's the man, he's the king. So it dealt with his lifestyle, which is where I wanted to go. Now, before we get into this, can we just agree that we – I'm an ex-journalist, you're a current journalist. We've had and do have a wonderful time. It's a great job, right? So we're not here to share the woe is me <laughs> yeah. world of journalism. Just on that, I, I think it's – I'm glad you flagged that. We, because, need, to, we oh. need to flag this at the start to quote you, Damo, <laughs> yeah. because people are going to say, look at these blokes. There's people out there who are working on – Tough jobs for 45000 bucks a year, and they're complaining about their jobs. Well, let me say this too, because because I, I do regularly check myself that, that what I've been able to do and, and been fortunate enough to be given opportunity to do has been a luxury and a privilege, and I still remind myself of that, Hachi. So to your point, yes, but let's get to the, uh, the nub of this particular article. So it was a story about how he can't switch off, that the modern-day journalist needs to respond to every text within seconds. Yep. Every call within minutes, you can't take a day off, a week off, go to the movies, go to lunch. You can't take a minute off. Can't if, take if a minute off. If you're serious about the craft, yeah. And it delves with his lifestyle that has become of the modern day elite journalist and how much you need to do 24 hours a day to be any good at what you do. Yeah. And uh, he was asked if he's still having fun doing the job. He said it's changed. Everything is heavier. He said it's so much faster. My wife tells me it's stressful to eat with me because I eat so fast. Did I used to eat this fast? I don't know. He said that he can't get on a plane without anxiety because that's an hour in the air where yeah. the phone might ring. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and you are 24-7, and even on holidays, you're not, on, you're not off. You can relate to all of this, can't you? And, and I well, certainly it's, can. You know, it's, it's a tough thing to talk about because people are getting to say, how lucky are you guys in the job you yeah. got? And, but we've said all that. We've said all that. And, and, I, we, and, we, and we mean all that. I mean, I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known what I would do unless I was, had this, this, this position and this fortunate so, position. So, so journalism is weird. Hmm. It's a weird profession. You compete against yourself and you compete often fictitiously against your competitors. So, so sometimes you're, you're teammates. Or so in fact, most 24/7 of the time. 24-7 to the point of obsession yep. if you are any good as a journalist. If you want to be a news breaker, you must live that life 24-7, 365. And there was so much in that story, including the health components, that I related to. Like yeah. it was, I found journalism um, – so overwhelming, but like you've said this a few times in the years you've been away from it. Yep. Yeah, I, I thought I thought I was lucky to last ten years. See, I never sensed yeah. that when you were living it. 
I, I thought you embraced it, loved it, breathed every second of it. And I was jealous of what I thought was your energy and your dedication to it, that you would – I mean, everyone to a point does what you say. They dedicate themselves to it. But you, you were an extreme operator in that and space. Looking, looking back, I had this no context. You know, like you do work yourself up into – and you can see how it happens and you can see why people sometimes take unnecessary risks with their content and their – Stories because the thirst to be first. Each spoke about that a lot. In, yep. There, and I don't think your employers put that pressure on you as much as you think they do at the time. I think you put it on yourself if you're actually self-driven. But it was it was a wild ride for me. Mm. I, don't, I know you had footy show anxiety. I did in the end without sort of again. I don't want people to care for that, but you did. And 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 as 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 Schefter did say in that article. As the time went on, it became a different landscape, didn't it? You couldn't hold anything for even an hour at times, let alone trying to think there was going to be a, a space on a Thursday night that was going to be yours. It's a, It just didn't happen in the end. And well, the world changed underneath us and none of us had a roadmap for it, right? The, yeah. the, the now media overtook the tomorrow media almost one morning when you woke up and no one had a roadmap. Yeah. And, and as, as we've discussed many times, the moment you then make a phone call about what it is you're working on, that, that, that's, that's as good as going public with that story now, isn't it? You, you make a phone call or anything now, and you, you alert even a, a 25-year source of yours to a story you're working yeah. on. If that person is still working in the official capacity, either at a club or within the system, you may as well just broadcast it. That, you well, may as well put that call to air. The second uh, you make one call to check one thing, yep. sand goes out of the hourglass on that. As a, as a commodity product yep. in the market. And there is sometimes minutes on that on that yep. conversation. And so journalists have to work under... And that's what Adam Schefter was referring to, wasn't it, Hutchie? And ultimately, and this is where you can look at it this way now, and, and I, to a point, can, because I'm not in that in that beat path, so to speak, as much as I once was. I still would like to think I you know, would be in that space, but nowhere near to the same levels. But ultimately, ultimately, most stories these days, you are, you are beating a press release by a matter of seconds, aren't you? It, it's a matter of seconds now. Well, the modern day world doesn't allow you to properly source the intel of the story because you are competing against the watch. You're competing against mm. the clock. Yep. And that's people say, oh, the race to be first. Well, that's that's the job you're in. Yeah. If you're in the job of breaking news. And the day you don't try to do it, you may as well get out of it. You, too. Well get you out may as well get out of it. I always say that so too. So the modern day journalist has um, increasingly new pressures. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I just look back on it. I read the story. Now, he gets $10 million here. So he would have been people, I didn't even look at the comments. It had been a million people saying, how's this bloke complaining, not complaining, but being asked about and having to quantify how stressful his job is. Yeah. It's a stressful gig. In fact, going into business, people say to me, how did you make the transition? I'm not saying I'm any good or or figured out business yet, but gee, it's a great grounding journalism because things mm. happen exactly in a day in journalism. Is it less stressful? Well, it's the responsibility of paying others fortnightly is as is a decent stress. So I couldn't live with that stress. Like it's a, particularly I mean, when you've got a growing business and you've got a growing wage. Budget. I don't know the numbers of your business. Actually, let, let me just speculate. I, I would imagine I'm, I'm just doing raw numbers now. You would have a wage bill, and I'm sure this is public knowledge anyway, given you are a public listed company. You'd have a wage, or you'd have you'd have outgoings. I would think that would be in the multi millions of dollars a week. Yeah, you can look at our, by way of overheads. You can look at our um, results online. You can see our story. So yeah, we've got a we've got a, like many businesses, we've got. Like, would it be more than $2 million a week on, on commitments you've made I'll let to you, keep... I'll let you look into it. Let's go with $2 million. Yeah. There's $100 million a year of, of commitment. I'll let you look into our narrative and... I'm uh, not too far off. Decide, it, decide for yourself. But it's, it's all on the public record. But it's what things in business I find take take time 
And if you can move quickly, then you can get things done. And sometimes being a journalist is a great, great grounding because you're just used to going home, winning or losing, and everyone knowing. So getting in the car at 6.30, as a journalist, I got in the car at 6.30, you've either won the day against the other two newsers or yep. you've been beaten. But you've had a result. If you've won, it's online, it's known, it's on the radio on the way home, you're kind of taking calls saying we got them tonight, and you know you've won. And if you've lost, you... But you're taking calls, but, but it happened, you missed that? It happened today. If you know nothing at four, you've got two hours to solve that because at six you're going with something every mm. day, and that was a TV news. It's a, I found it a great grounding for for business because you're trying to get today outcomes. But there's an end game to it, isn't there? You, I think if you would say in that space, you, you cannot do that forever. Do you think if you – so if you hadn't – if we hadn't had the pub beer at the Albert Park Hotel that night and I pitched the transition idea to you of – I'm going to ease out and you in and you're like, you'll never ease out. I'm like, no, I'm out. Yeah. Let's do this over two years. And you had, we're still at the Herald Sun. What do you, do you reckon you'd be even more bitter and twitter, <sighs> jaded than you are now? Hutchie, you, you, you reckon I'm banged up now <laughs> and cynical now. If if I had still been there, and I don't want to talk that part of it down because I always say I loved working there. And I did. And I think yeah. I got it. You I don't express that well. You, I, you, no, I, you I don't show express, more appreciation to the I don't express the hypocrisy journey. that I read now. Um, and that's changed. I'm not saying I'm me not being there. It's changed but you, it. But I, I just would, didn't realize. You would have defended it at the time you worked there, though. Yeah, but that, that's all part of being a team, too, I think, isn't it? But And, and, and I was and I, I was fortunate, Hutchie. Whatever the glory days of newspapers were, I, I think I was fortunate enough to be in, the, in it somewhere. Now, I was young and didn't was meaningless in it. But I did. I mean, those mergers of the my first years in the eighty nine yeah. into ninety when the when the Sunday papers kicked on, and then I reckon I've said this before. I reckon the Sydney Olympics coming obviously to Sydney. I reckon that prolonged Australian newspapers might. I reckon there was a big build up to that. The seven eight years build up, and I think newspapers around the world were starting to die in the nineties. But I reckon that event just kept. You know, certainly when I was working for News Limited, kept it vibrant and massive. I think beyond that point. But it's been a downhill slope, hasn't it, for newspapers since then? Well, they've done, they've done a the terrific world. job of reinventing their revenue models. Like, if you think about how much pressure under in real time, I reckon they've done a great job of that, to be fair. Yeah. Before we move off newspapers, sitting outside at midnight when the paper drops <laughs> in Flinders Street, <laughs> waiting for the first bundle with that like, bit of straw around it and the the banner header that's going to go outside yeah. the news agencies and your story being on it and you unwrap that paper and it, the smell and you see your name on the back or on the front. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, and, it's as good as it gets. And when it, I was a copy a kid, I, I used to get a buzz out of actually, um, as we said before, doing the five point, the race results, and then you'd yep. run upstairs and you'd actually, as you know, at Flinders Street, they used to print it on site as well and you'd see, you'd hear the machines whirl up and I'd get excited seeing the first yeah. one go off the off, off the presses. Because, yep. I, I mean, again, that's not something that I think anyone in 2022 is going to relate to, Archie, but I, I did. Hey, um, I want to get back to something you've introduced to the sounding board this year, and I like it. It's the glass jaw, please, Jane. Someone's had a go at us. This can't happen. Someone outside the tent's bagging us. This is not acceptable. <laughs> That's the best thing we've ever had, by the way. Um, now, the reason I want to talk about it this week, Archie, it's you. You are the glass jaw recipient. I saw someone trying to have a gummy. Episode twenty five, series seven. I probably should have picked up on this last <laughs> week, but it's you, and it's you for this. What does Hutchie do to the ratings? Massages them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good call, it's fair and love and war call. And that's why I thought I'd try and massage Tony Jones' ratings on 3W over the years. So I went to the graphic and had a look at his career over 20 years as a professional filling. He hasn't been in a rating survey ever. He's filled into the school holidays 
off Broadway TJ sitting in judgment of us. Turn it up, TJ. We need to get yourself one registered listener and actually get subject to a ratings week over 20 years, then we'll take advice. Now, I've loved that stash. Tony Jones versus Craig Hutchinson, as Corey Perkin would call you. Um, I've loved it. But, Hutchie, it's dawned on me. Is a bit of glass jaw about you in your response. <laughs> I think I have to accept that. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's good. That's why we want the glass jaw recipients to receive it. My first time uh, glass jaw recipient. So you're a, you're a two time. I think glass you, you somehow made me two weeks in a row. I think. Yeah. yeah. We'll but get... who's got who's got the clubhouse lead though? Chris Ullman has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chris Ullman's got it two three time. weeks no, in a row. Actually, you're a one time. I'm now a one time. We'll get the glass jaw on a roll up. Yeah. I accept that. Do you, you know what? He, that. You know what he, and I, I Tony has a great sense of humour, so I knew that he could handle the banter. <laughs> So that's more than handling self any any yeah. form. <laughs> like when when you give it as much as Tony and you can take it. So, and I, I you know how well I get along with Tony. We we had a chat about it last Monday night. So, a I knew he was equipped to have a bit of banter, and B is probably the last person to do that joke that I was, I just about let the last one go on that before I was ready to kind of readjust some thinking on, on Tony, or just on this um, want to do a ratings joke. So, oh. <laughs> particularly with like say three W versus us, where we have. You know, give or take five or ten percent difference in under fifty audience. We're about the same, right? So, but the the myth that gets perpetuated at times by those that work there part time or otherwise needed some correcting. <laughs> Fair enough. Now you you uh, so there it was corrected. You, you mockingly mockingly refer to the AFMA Australian Football Media Association as Pinot. Pinot. Yep. yep. I have it. In fact, we've been given permission to go with this publicly. Yep. By Jay Allen, who runs the AFL. Yep media and communications department that the accredited media, and he's got access to the, the data yep. of such matters. So when, when, when the AFL sends out a press release, there are, now I don't know whether they monitor it every day, but they, there are mechanisms upon which they can determine how many people open a particular email. Yep. Oh, you've actually bought, it's just leaked information. You're and it's not leaked. He's told us it's, uh, let me just call it up because you, you received you, it as well. You want to be accurate? I want to be accurate. Yes, yeah, so I'll call it, oh, here it is. It's the right. save the date got sent out. Save the date got sent out 12, for whatever it is. First yep. one in three years in person. <laughs> Now, this is from Jay Allen, who runs the AFL. For the record, and this is true, so for the record, that's on the record, yep. uh, the AFMA Save the Date media release was opened by more journalists in our AFL media database than my media release on the 2022 AFL Grand Final start time. So what does that say to you, Hussey, about the, uh, the world of AFL you media? Never, you never know when it's on, so you had to find <laughs> out. So I got pitched, I told you I got pitched sponsorship, didn't I? Yes, you have told me that. So how much are your tables? It's one hundred and twenty-five dollars a head to go, isn't it? You're probably going to tell me stuff. I well, you, you get a you get a badge for the international fact check as part of the cost <laughs> on the night. It's one hundred and twenty-five dollars. I think it's a bit more than that. The inflation's kicking. So I'll, I'll actually transparently tell you how I was pitched and what my response was. You ready? <laughs> yeah. So this is the organisation still pitches you sponsorship like it's a donation, right? You know, need five grand out of your mate. Need ten grand out of your mate. You know, like they they, get, they pass the hat around to the media businesses, and the value that comes with that is not presented. No, but the value is to be part of it, and without it, those media outlets. That's not a sponsorship pitch. You've got to try and find a um, a shared value proposition. So, are you are you bringing business conversations no, to I, the table here? I, I, I'm not privy to, by the way. I was presented by Matt Kitchen, who, <laughs> who <laughs> name is, and names, who yeah. is the sports editor at the Herald Sun. <laughs> And who is fabulous sports editor and a great old time mate of ours, but really not going to change the sponsorship industry anytime soon. To be fair, 
a five thousand dollar proposition to be involved. And I said, well, I'll do better than that. We don't want to make it. I don't want to make it a dead check. I'll make it an active check. So I'll pay you more than that. But I want. I'll, I'll buy seven tables. So we've got seventy of our staff can go. That's a that's a win for our people who work really really hard, and it gives you more revenue than what you've asked before. And actually, get something back for it rather than a donation <laughs> that you've now, asked me for. Immediately now, I don't know, I don't know how this has played out, but but immediately alarm bells are going off with me because you would then be on selling. It might be one hundred and forty five dollars. You, you would then be on about selling ten those, grand versus, versus those seats. Five. You'd be then you, all your corporates, all your McDonald's sponsors, all your Valvoline or where it is, your, our, your temper mattress. You'd be on selling this as an event. No, it'll be for our staff, our no, 70 staff. No, it wouldn't. It will. No, it wouldn't. It would, and it would and any you, relationships you, they might you, want to bring you, to the you table. Might, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, our advertising and managing directors and, and, and their clients. Sell the media wall at the front <laughs> so, on the way in. So, so, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. See, I can see through you, Archie. By the way, each of the 70 staff on the night are presented by someone, which is <laughs> terrific, and we'll have a plus one with it. No, in all sincerity, our, we, we've got so many wonderful um, women and men who work here who are journalists. Oh, and you would not be Producers, them, yeah. associate producers, and, and digital content. That so would be the last people to get. I want get. to take them all, don't I? No, you don't. You well, I have made an offer that you need to be responded to. Right. I, haven't, I haven't closed me out. Well, I think Matt went overseas. He's away from five weeks. He, he That's went, how seriously he's taken it. He, he went... He went climbing. He didn't even leave handover notes saying, someone close this guy's <laughs> deal out while I'm gone. What sort of pie night are you running there, Damo? Hutchie, one that doesn't need 70 of your clients involved, as far as I can By tell. By the way, can I clarify, just while we're on the AFMAs, is it on or off the record on the night? Um, well, I want to know definitively on the record here if it's on or off. The I record. take the view that everything's on the record these days, Hutchie. So it's it, an on the record night. Well, that's no fun. I'm, How can we have fun? Well, you've you've been un- the unfortunate recipient. I got of- unstitched on the. I got you did unravelled. There we go again. <laughs> you got unravelled. Um, you, in good faith, you had did a did a remind a me a, a good call, bad call of certain people in the room. A parody, and, and then the, was the Herald Sun felt the need not the very next day, but the day after the day after to then make it a. I think it was a page one pointer, page three yeah. story. You go, you go to an off the record event. You're asked to contribute to the entertainment. And I thought you were in line with what you did in terms of what you're asked to do, as in bring the room down. It, it was a tongue in, tongue in cheek. Yeah. Anyway, I lesson learned. So I haven't really been back since. No, you haven't been back since. This is yeah. my kind of re, uh, return you, to support um, you as the president. You, you, <laughs> oh, you're going to come. Well, there's seventy of us coming. So yeah, I'd be disappointed and get one of the seats I since think... I paid for seventy of them. Yes, Damo. I think I could fit myself into the starting lineup somewhere if someone returns my offer at some stage. This would be a big moment. Just you re- forget the seventy. But I'm- then I saw on it was good content. I saw on Rhett Bartlett's retrospective there was vision from the nineteen from twenty years yeah. ago. Yeah, remember that? So was- someone had taped the night, and now they've leaked that out to the archives. That was actually broadcast live from memory. That was one of the oh, early years okay. of, of Foxtel. If that happened, I'm okay. Yeah, but like if it's an on the record night. I think it has to be, doesn't it? I might as do a wrap-up as... story the next day on SEN.com of how everyone went and behaved. <laughs> Just wanted to know it was on the record. If it is, that's fine. <laughs> hey, uh, talk about stuff that amuses us, Hutchie, and, and I think a few people like it too. The the placement, you, you've you've been big for a couple of years now, and, and, and I've, I've embraced your view on this. The placement of a journalist, how he or she 
positions at the press conference. At a press conference, it's and, a great and, opportunity for hang time. Yeah. Now I had a Michelangelo of, Ritchie medalist. I had a bit of fun. A Roger couple, Vaughan medalist. <laughs> I had a bit of fun a couple of weeks ago with a, with a young man known to us and a, and a, and a journalist with a bullet, uh, David Zeta. Yep. How just out of nowhere, you challenged him. I just noticed him bobbing up in the Channel Seven, even though he works for Fox uh, Sky News. Was basically in shot. We urged journalists to go along and use the opportunity. Well, you urged them. I just noticed he was in shot. You now, noticed a shift on the weekend last Friday. He has now perfected it. So Tom Brown, being the Channel Seven representative, yep. after the I think it was the the Fremantle Richmond drawn game, one out, one so you got to do one seat back, one seat right on right shoulder in and work out where the camera shot is. It's exactly where he was on both conferences. Well done, David. For Justin Longmuir and Damien Hardwick, he was. It was almost better place than Tom was, yeah. if that can make sense. Superb. I think he got there early and liaised with the camo. A, a slab of beer would get that done with the camo, by the way. Oh, would it? I've got a slab for you, mate. Where do I? Where are you setting up? So, so we're on here, Dave. We, we might have gone early with it, but I think we did the right thing. He got more on. hang time than Hamish McLaughlin on the weekend, David Zeta. <laughs> and he didn't ask a question. That was the other thing. He didn't ask a question, but he was in shot. Does he need to? Like, he just needs to look considered. <laughs> So. Like he's right across it. And then just chime in occasionally with one. Um, now, Cam Smith, one of the great Australian sports stories, Hutchie, golfer, yep. winning the, the British Open. And uh, I can't remember when we discussed this last week with the um, the live golf yes, we situation. We did speak about it last it week. Sounds like he's going to take the offer. Yep. Just on that, and this is not the reason I raise it today. How would you judge him if he did? I wouldn't judge him because I think anyone, you you can't pick and choose how you judge people. And I would defy anyone. Let's go with $100 million as being a figure that's been put to him. I defy anyone in the world to knock back a check that's that's yours for the taking if you sign on the line for $100 million to play the sport that you're pretty good at. Given that the check may not be there in 18 months when they merge and get together in, in the yeah, end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so that's my take on it. Now, I don't want to get too involved in the, the politics of it because there's some human rights issues at play here, and, and, and I get all of that. But we, as a, as a nation, we as a media group, we as Australians, we, we as just general people who comment on, on other people, we, want to, we, we can't pick and choose when it comes to, to – um, having an issue with someone going down that path because we allow sport to be played in and against China, don't we, as, as a rule? I mean, there's no significant bans on, on China's oh, it sounds involvement. Like, I know we had a long chat about it last week, so I won't labour the point, but it sounds like he just kicked the decision down the road six months. He's learning towards taking it. He'll play the President's Cup first. Things can change a lot in four or five months in this yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. And you know, your your view, if he takes it, takes the check. Well, I think he will. No, your view, if he takes it, I think he's entitled to. Yeah, yeah. So we're on the same page there. Yeah. The reason I raise his name today, though, Hutchie, and you're aware, you're across this. Um, did the media rounds during the course of the week? On did I think the morning TV breakfast show? I'm across it, all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a clear, without it being obvious, mandate. If you want to interview me, you cannot ask about live golf. No question about that. He did. Um, the happy Mark Beretta chat <laughs> on Sunrise. Yep. And there was no mention. There was the inappropriate, uh, now traditional question about how many beers fit in the jug, which we talked about last week, and I told you my view on that uh, myth that we um, push as a industry and we don't need to be able to relate to how many beers someone can have and I, how against that I am. So yep. I made my point clear on that last week. Um, and that happened again in the 
seven interview, which is fine, you know, nothing against Mark. Chevy Brett is very, very good at what he does, but clearly he wasn't allowed to ask it. Now, in my view, you need to tell the audience that that is the rule. So Before you do the interview or after it? Well, I think it was a pre-record. So you're entitled to say, well, there was Cam Smith with Mark Beretta. And, you know, for those who know us, we didn't ask about the live. That was one of the conditions. So declare it. Yeah. You've got to declare it because – Do you even go a step further and, and not do the interview? No, he, he's clearly doing interviews saying, I'm coming on, but I'm not here to talk about it and don't ask no, about it. No, but as the media outlet, do, do you as a group or individual? Well, I, I, think it's, you- I think conditional interviews are fine if they're fully disclosed because you're pricing it as a product. Yeah. Do I want to hear Cam Smith for three minutes on seven? Yes. Can I live without the fact? I can. Pardon the pun? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But do I want to hoodwink the audience that I didn't ask and, and makes me look silly? No. Yeah. I, I saw another example of that last night, by the way. Did you? Yes. Did where, you, did you, where did you see that? Did you watch the Channel 7 interview with Cody Simpson and Emma No, and I, I wanted to because you know I love the Cody Simpson story. I do too. Yeah. I, I love I, people I, that achieve Yeah. A multiple fronts. And the dedication to become yeah. an elite swimmer. Um, Very watchable. They handled it really well. But the question about the prior relationship and the taking of the spot in the swim team. With Chalmers? Was, it was a workaround. It was clearly one not allowed to be on the agenda. Right. This is how the question was inferred and not asked. For any team to be strong, there needs to be harmony within the team. Yeah. Are there any issues with any of the team members that you have? No, no, like, yeah, there's obviously been a fair bit of, you know, drama in the, in the media and that around, you know, all the team dynamic. And, um, but no, there's, there's been nothing but, but support around. And it's Cody Simpson on top here. You know, me coming into the team, making the team, you know, her and I, I've been welcomed very warmly by the current Australian team and, and all the swimmers on it. So clearly there was a mandate not to ask and in these situations the journalist goes sort of as close as they can to edging into the area without actually asking the direct question. And it was about how the team you know has reacted and some of the rumours and just it was a little bit of a generic yep. let's tick the box. And then Michael Usher, hang time, who did the um, – Michael Usher, by the way, I call hang time because he's <laughs> – he can make an intro go longer and than anyone because he likes the screen time. <laughs> He's very good at what he does. And it wasn't even his show last night, really. It was he was, but he fronted it and he did the links in and out of breaks because that would have been like I'm coming back and forth. So, and he's brilliant at it, by the way. And that's not that's actually and he's a great guy. So, the he teased it after the break that controversy, and so you think, oh, oh okay, yeah. I didn't see it on the promo grabs, and then sure enough, it wasn't us. So I suspect that went. Look, we're happy to talk about our journey. However, we're not prepared to be to comfortably address the other swimmer and the suggestion he took the spot and those things that were inferred in the media. Yep. And I think you take the you take it. Oh, of yeah. course. Yep. So they found a compromise, which is sort of half asking it. Yep. And getting away with it. Doorstop, Sachi. It's been a theme of the sounding board in uh, in twenty twenty two, and you've we've uh, been doorstopped ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You're papped. You're papped. Um, doorstops can go wrong, as uh, as Jane Neild has alerted us uh, to this week with the um, 
the doorstopping of the former New South Wales Deputy Premier, John Barillaro, who has been in the news for uh, controversial reasons about a, an overseas posting that, that may or may not have been um, inappropriately assigned to him. And there's a lot to play out there, but he was out on the, on the weekend. And look, I haven't seen the vision. I've been made aware that there was a scuffle with a, with a camera person um, at night. So what's the protocols there? when someone is out socialising and they are in the story. Is a pub on a Saturday night fair game for a doorstop for a person in the news? So I'd say no. I, I would say no. But my doorstop etiquette is different to others and yep. I, I'm not even having – I don't even know which organisation it was. Um, I would say no though, Hutchie. I'd be very uncomfortable doorstopping a a social gathering on a, on a weekend night yep. where, where, where alcohol would – maybe be involved, given that it was a pub in question. So I'm with you. I think this was entirely out of line as a doorstop. Now, if the, a story had broken that day involving that person and it was of controversy, it's a fair game. But if you've had three, four weeks to source – it's been a story for a month, right? Maybe yep. longer. Yep. If you've had adequate time Monday to Friday to question the subject, yep. you can't spring up on them in the – so like, you know how I was – pinged after the footy show at 12.30 at the front <laughs> in the dark by the camera and hiding With in the your, bushes. your collar of your shirt sort of embedded into your yep. jacket and you're looking a, a bit of a mess, Hutchie, must so be I, said. I was entirely fair My game. My favourite photo of you. I was like, entirely fair game then. That was that was on me. Was it? Yeah, because there was a story that I didn't realise was going to be that big of Sam's sit-in that night where he didn't speak for two well, hours. Sam hadn't spoken to you on live TV for two hours. Yep. Just didn't speak to anyone for two hours. Guess anyone. So that- Which I, is interesting, TV. I, I should have seen that as a bigger story than it was. And- it had happened that night. It was the first opportunity for anyone to get a photo of anyone, so I'm fair game. But if you've had a month- What about the other day when you were walking down the streets here in South Bank in absolutely the, fair the, game. the West Australian? Story of the day in Perth, fair game. But if you are- um, It's a month out. You're, the investigation's about the circumstances surrounding you, but you're not really- It wasn't like he gave himself a job, is it? Like he was the recipient of it. Or oh. attempted recipient of it. Oh, you oh. might have been involved. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. I know the background. Maybe you manipulated it. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. I don't want to get too anyway, involved in it. But okay, yeah. let's assume you manipulated That's fine. Um, it's not fine, but that's- There was something- I'll, I'll concede that. Yep. He's- Saturday night, 10.30, after a pub coming out in the dark is, is wrong because you've had ample opportunity for yep. many weeks to- Leaving your house the next morning, maybe not a Sunday morning, but a Monday morning to go to work or whatever. I think that, that's fair. More, yeah, yeah. Hutchie, last speaking of being Pat, should, should we? You're the CEO of the AFMA. Is it time to draw up a doorstop <laughs> etiquette? No. For the football media to no. decide with the industry what is fair and reasonable and what is inappropriate. No. As an industry leader, would no. you consider taking that on? No. <laughs> no. I want to ask you a second thing behind that, by the way. If I were to invite Nathan Buckley, who works for us at Sports Entertainment Network, yep. on to have a fair-minded discussion with you on your philosophical differences on media, <laughs> are you prepared to do it? Oh, yeah, but would he want to do it? And he's, he's, um, just, I was actually I about want, to do- I just want a yes or no. Are you in? If he's if he's keen to, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah or yes? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, commit. Because Nathan will do it. Nathan doesn't won't be scared to front up against you. He'll front up. I'm not scared of fronting up against Nathan. Oh. It's got nothing to do. I, Hachi. Hashtag glass jaw. Oh, see, this is where you can't have an adult <laughs> conversation. Yeah, and you will make it a glass jaw moment. Hachi, what about last week? So I will do that tomorrow. I'll call him and I'll yeah. offer him the forum to offer him the forum. I don't think he really cares for the forum, does he? 
Well, I think he has some interesting and different views to us on media. So why don't we try and have that out as a team on on the standing board? Yeah. Okay. All right. A mature conversation. Mature conversation without being a glass jaw reference. Hutchie, last week you... When it, when it happens in public, it's a mature conversation. When it happens privately... <laughs> what is it? A robust conversation. Robust conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed that? Yes. <laughs> uh, last week, you alerted us late in the show to being called by a journalist. Sorry, sorry you making a phone call to a journalist to say... Uh, you weren't happy with certain aspects of certain reporting. Now, you didn't say which journalist it was, but you did say that you would reveal all. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I did say that. I had no intention to. I was doing one of those parks that you do until <laughs> the next week, thinking, on, so, thinking it'll go away. Yeah. <laughs> I actually admire what you just said there. Yeah. You did admit to saying you would reveal all today, yeah. but you're now not going to reveal all today. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's just a small thing. I don't want to make it a thing. It was big enough for you to volunteer it out of nowhere last week. Not a lot. Not a lot happens when you ring and clarify, does it? <laughs> do, you, do you think it advances your cause ever? I'd like to know who you're blueing with. That's, that's Actually, not blueing at all. It's just, I just rang. Oh, now yeah, it's a, So there wasn't a robust conversation? No, it was a mature conversation. <laughs> mature adult conversation. <laughs> uh, pointed out that it was... We, we had a bit of fun last year with, um, with the Ross Lyon situation at, at Carlton Footy Club and how a certain member of the media, man well-known to both of us and man we admire, Jay-Z Clark. Yep. Basically, holding the petition and the flag for the Ross to get yeah, a job. What we, by the way, Jay is nearly the most likable person in media, and he's a very, very good journalist. Very good. And his current work mix, if it changes, it could be the best football journalist in the country by as far as he can kick out. Because at the moment, the Terrell Sun get 10% of his time, <laughs> Scott Pendlebury gets 45% of his time, and Ross Lyon gets 45% of his time. So. He's, he's got he's a badge wearing member of the Ross Lyon and Scott. And if Scott Pendlebury. If Russell wants to get a coach and, and Scott was to move there and he's not the media manager, I'll retire from the industry. <laughs> he's is obsessed he, with both of them. Is he mounting the Ross line to North Melbourne campaign? He's mounting the Ross line everywhere campaign. <laughs> and then Ross doesn't distance himself from Yeah, I read that. It's Jay's view. He went with it. It's his thoughts. And, you know, that's what a journalist's got to do. That's where it sits. For what it's worth, I, th- I think he's a chance. At North? Yep. Do you? Yep. Yeah. Does why is and we talked a little bit about it on Footy Classified. Well, we are talking about it on Footy Classified tonight. Tomorrow. Why does that? Why does Alistair Clarkson scare so many clubs? Because he doesn't just come in as coach, Hutchie, having won four premierships at his first go as coach. Yep. He comes in. That's the the perception. He comes in and wants to run everything. Yeah. Right? So and, and and he will. Want to do that, and, well, and he would argue that perception's that's... grown since he left Hawthorne, though, hasn't it? Like mm. it's become, it's almost become a shadow on him. But it's also why Hawthorne decided. Well, sorry, partially why Hawthorne decided to sever ways with him. Yes, but he he is one of those figures who, in the absence of power, he assumes it right. So he was yes. at his absolute yes. best. Yes, he he finds where it's not, and and goes yeah. and that's what feel, I. Yeah. I my, I, and, I always say, look, in the in the lack of a better idea, we'll go with mine. Yeah. But I'm, I love a better one. You know, I think he's, you know, when the Hawthorne figures there in the past and the Chris Fagans and the Graham Wrights were there and had control. Yep. He, and, you know, had strong CEOs. And then when they uh, they had more uh, inexperienced 
he just takes some. Hmm. He says, well, okay, I got this. Get out of the way. Well, we're so going to think it's his fault. I don't, I don't, he'd say we're going to recruit this player. And they'd say to him, well, this doesn't really fit in with what you signed off on. And, and, and we signed off on as a club only two weeks ago. Doesn't matter. We're getting him. And So does he scare inexperienced presidents and CEOs in particular? Yep. I think he does too. And is that a, a good thing? Well, that's the good question. Or because is that, it on them to go, well, our best chance to win is him? Yeah, and, and that might be the best thing that North Melbourne could have right now. So, someone, well, not someone, but Alistair Clarkson. But yep. it's by, but where with any appointment you make of that nature, but particularly with Alistair. Because, Which are the less of the two evils? Are you, gonna, like, yeah. are you prepared to put up with him to win? Hmm. That's where it's at. Because North Melbourne has proven it, it is incapable in recent years of doing anything of any note to yep. better themselves in that space. So maybe maybe it's time for someone to come in and tell them how to do it. If I'm him, I'm going, well, I've won four times. Yeah. Who are you guys to sit in judgment of me? Yeah. But I think there's a there's – a, and then Luke Hodges' comments, which were on SEN recently about the um, – Luke Hodges gave a fascinating – it was, wasn't picked up widely enough on SEN, his comments on Waitley about the type of – Influence Clarkson will want to have and how he needs to be controlled. But yeah. they were fascinating from someone firsthand. Yeah, coming from Hodge. Yeah. yeah. But don't forget, don't forget, Hutchie, that those conversations, talk about robust and, and adult and mature conversations. He, he had that one with Luke Hodge about leaving Hawthorne to go and play with Brisbane, and he wasn't going to get a gig at Hawthorne, as you know, and then had already had conversations of that nature with yep. Sam Mitchell and, and Jordan Lewis and, and has had it with other Hawthorne people. So. They've, and they've seen a side to him, Archie, that, that was great when they were in premierships. But yeah. all, all those Hawthorne people, they were always respecting him. But they've also seen a side to him that, yeah, yeah. it's not, not the complete package that makes it ideal. Really, really, really successful people often can drive everyone else mad with their fanaticism. And they Correct. can wear other people out. Yep. And that is part of the cost of winning sometimes. Yeah. And so how bad do you want to win? Like, that's what it comes yep. down to. It does. It does. Let's head and to... And is there another way to win which is you know, not as taxing on No, there's not. Yeah. I don't think there is, is there? I don't think there is in AFL. as high stakes. Let's head to question of the week, Hutchie. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to DrinkWise. We'll head to the email offerings today, Hutchie, uh, and specifically Tim Devlin, who has fired this in. Hey, boys, love the work. In an ideal world, do you think companies with several different platforms like Nine, brackets, TV, radio, newspapers, would prefer talent to be exclusively in-house, e.g. Sam McClure on TV, 3RW and The Age? Or is there genuine value in being on platforms that are owned by rival companies, e.g. Damo being on Triple M, AFL.com.au, etc.? It's it's a good question. I wanted to defer it to you, Hachi, because you're in the the space. It's a great question, Tim. It's and he's and he's hit the and he's, he's hit the nub of of the actual um, issue, hasn't he? In 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 those examples he's raised, because there are competing interests everywhere. And complicating it further is the new mediums that each company is going to. So, like you look at AFL.com, for instance, it's now a podcast provider itself. It's now a television station itself. You look at uh, our business. We've got SCN TV. We've got you know, our own podcast network, we've got a supply business, we've got a television business of our own. You look at Triple M, which has now got Listener, which is the digital amplification of their platform. And so, like, it, you look at Nine, which owns multiple assets. So, yeah, it's, and I think it's at its most complicated in news. Yeah. And so, I think that, so you use Sam McClure as an example. Uh, thrilled to see him hosting Wide World of Sports on Nine because, you know, we have SEN.com and the SEN app, which are not competitors to 
the age footy, but inevitably they don't coexist super well. So that was a complicated one for us to attempt to work through with Sports Day. Which has gone in the path of Jared Healy and Kane Corns. Corns. Yeah, whereas, you know, um, our news uh, online and .com is Sam Edmund led and he's our chief footy reporter. So it's, 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 at, it's toughest there, I think, when you are an expert on TV and radio. I mean, Fox are very protective of their experts and they um, rightfully so because they invest heavily in them. They, they're probably most protective, I think, aren't well, they? they pay the most, so they, they yeah. would argue that they – and fair enough. They've too. loosened it a little bit from what I can – I'm only looking at it from the outside, obviously, but there's a little bit of crossover. Like some of the Fox talent, Foxtel talent is, is on Triple M and I'm assuming yep. it's on your yep. platforms too. Yeah. We've got a lot of Fox identities yeah. in um, women and men in Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane. And so, yeah, but it's like, you know, it's it's not an easy um, – what, what, no, and, and what, um, what you can't – No, and what you can't – to Tim's question, what you can't put money on in, in any form is, is the benefit that – the cross-promotion gets in some form. Now, again, you can put slants on a hutchie, you can have different lenses on this, but there is, often is, a gain for for the double up, isn't there? It's not, a, it's not an exact science. No, it's not an exact. But there are benefits for one organisation to having their person on another platform well, for, dep- for that organisation. It depends where your platform is in its journey. Yes. And we're at different stages of our journey in every part of Australia New Zealand, so I have a different view on that almost by the town. To give you a context of so our you want program. exclusivity in some towns, and and you're not as worried about it in I others. Think, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yep. There's a little bit of feel to it. I, and equally at nine, like I, I'm a bit old school. I like. I think if you consistently do great content, you consistently break stories. You shouldn't need to pre-promote that story beforehand. So I, like, I never liked the early crosses into the promos on nine, for instance. I, I love the nine news. But don't get me wrong, but I. Of footy classified. When I was at the footy show, I didn't like to pre-promote. Now, coming up tonight, this story on X, I'm like, no, just if people get used to seeing a great story at 8.30, they'll yep. just do it every week and we won't have to worry about promoting it. And the same with classified. I think it's such a great asset and platform that I don't know why we need to give away its content three hours in advance in order to attract an audience to it. Most people would say the opposite, by the way. Yeah, I think yeah. TV people would say the opposite. They would, and what yeah. do I know? I lasted but, 16 weeks. Um, yeah, Tim, great question, and it's it's uh, there's literally episodes um, in totality to address it. Um, but yeah, And it's changing. It, it, whatever answer we've just given there, which might have been a bit convoluted, uh, it would probably be different if you asked the same question In fact, we could answer that for you in two sentences. Probably gives you an idea, Tim, <laughs> <laughs> of where things sit. Hachi, uh, that's it for episode 25 of series 7 of The Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to The Sounding Board podcast with Hachi and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.